Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com, two guys that have might got to apologize to the people who tuned in right at the start of the show who might have seen me, uh, I keep forgetting we're on webcast here, but I had a little blowage of the nosage right before the start of the show, a little congressional clearinghouse, if you will, but I apologize for that uh, brief moment in time, but it is the TalkZone.com, two guys that have might coach and the big dog, so much to talk about, so little time to get it done. Let's play a little bit of music and introduce our semi- Shaped and upset guest, the big dog Joe Redwanski. Little music courtesy of David Olson. TalkZone.com! much, David Olson, by the way, David Olson, on the baby watch, boy number three, baby number three could be born at any time, assistant producer Randy Myers is warming up in the bullpen, and will be warming up each and every day, at any point we might lose David for a couple of days, so we wish him and lovely wife best of luck with the baby number three, but let me bring in my partner, check it in via the telecommunicator phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois, I know he wants to talk sports, lots out there, Wimbledon. Euro soccer, maybe the greatest soccer team I have ever seen winning their game four to nothing talking about Spain. Cubs win, Cubs win, Cubs win, a rare sweep. We got to talk about that. The all-star balloting, Wimbledon, et cetera, et cetera. But I know, Big Dog, you are uh, caught in the midst of a controversy right now, and you are right smack in the middle of it. How are you, Big Dog? And let's talk a little waterriders.com. Uh, yeah, Coach, I really could care less about any sport. You know, uh, well, but I understand that, but as you, you realize, know, it's not about you; it's about the listeners. Yeah, so, yeah. Life can sometimes get in the way of uh, of you know watching sports and being a yes. nonstop fan, and, and you know, and, and this summer is the first time really in my life I've been disconnected completely from the world of uh, of information and media. I mean, I watch a little tiny bit of television. I mean, legitimately, like an hour a week. It's all the television I watch. Mm-hmm. I read ESPN.com, uh, and that's the only ESPN I really do is read that, but I try to get my news from other sources. So, What uh, level of satisfaction slash information do you get from the one hour that you and me uh, share the airwaves here on the talkzone.com? Does that help fill the void? It all depends on, on what we start talking <laughs> about. So. Feel free to say no. Just a simple yeah, no okay. will do. Yeah, well, sometimes it does. Well, obviously today you're talking about the myth of controversy big and, controversy. and all this other stuff. Big controversy. Is it big controversy? Well, the Chicago Police Department apparently, and by the way, they misnamed your company. I have no. There was many facts wrong with all of that. So before you go out and read your newspapers and think everything in there is correct, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know what I mean? Like it's happened to me before where I've been in the midst of newspaper like stuff and like I know exactly what happened and I got everything wrong. 
Yep. You gotta wonder how much stuff they actually. With, when you're reading a newspaper, how much of that stuff is absolute BS that you can wipe your butt with? Yeah, because I, if this is so important to put in the paper. Shouldn't the facts be right? Like getting the name of our company right. That first and foremost can show you that maybe not everything is believable in this uh, mm-hmm. story, coach. It's a great reminder to stories that are even a little bit more important than kayaking or one's coaching career. Because I've experienced the same thing, Big Doug. You can take that same theory, and that is don't believe everything you read it is so often if it's not totally misprinted it's just misleading and not completely accurate but you could take that same thing at a much more significant scale when we talk world politics and world affairs and national affairs as well just a friend, uh, yeah, friendly absolutely, message absolutely yeah a hundred percent and that's why i want to know if somebody who is standing in water riders right now doing this show that is completely 100 percent proud of my crew of how they acted with confidence and diligence and professionalism and got 62 people out of the water uninjured, how we can stand in any part of con- What is the controversy is what I want to know. All right, That's well, let's, let's recap for the fine listeners out there. We, we, we will not spend the whole show on it, folks. I promise, we, but we got to discuss this here because it's the big dog personally, right smack in the middle of controversy. But uh, we'll get to the other stories. Our phone number here, 888-463-67. Four eight in the city of I Chicago. Tell us about the other stories, by the way. Well, I know you couldn't, but we're all about the listeners. So I want to make sure okay. we uh, we play to the clientele. Um, just a friendly reminder from your host here. Uh, we had a big storm on Saturday, and apparently, a couple of kayak companies, according to reporting from our newspapers, sent kayaks out when they should not have, based okay. on the weather reports. And there were some people that were stuck, tipped over, whatever in the uh-huh. Uh, significant windstorms. I think you said the number 62, and the way the papers uh-huh. had wrote the story was that these two companies were really, uh, if we were not... negligent. Huh? They kind of made it a thing like we were negligent, right? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Well, let's, just, let's just put it this way. I want to I tell everybody this. It has, there's been many different incidences in the city of Chicago's history where it doesn't rain for a long time, and out of nowhere some ridiculous high wind storm comes, and you have no idea what happened. Kind of like the Chicago Fire in 1871. It didn't rain for six weeks. That storm was supposed to hit legitimately 45 minutes uh, later than it actually did. We were informed by the people 30 minutes earlier and immediately came back. We were 500 feet away from our dock, and we're acting. We're negligent. Why didn't they tell us sooner? It's freaking ridiculous. Do you understand the, the point is here? The other company still had three miles to go. We had 500 yards. Mm-hmm. We were at Chicago Avenue. If anybody knows the Montgomery Ward building here in the city of Chicago, that is on Chicago Avenue. We're in, we were at the building. Put it that way. Our kayaks were within the building. They were paddling two people. Let's, uh, let's go over a couple of things. First of all, and I don't let me forget, I want to get your first-hand account because you were in the kayak, responsible not only for your own livelihood but for the livelihood of others when this storm starts to come in. So no, no, I, no, 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 Coach, to make better, just, just to, to shine it on this company even better, you're going to love that because I was not. Oh, you were not out. Uh, but the one day a week that I am, the one tour a week that I don't do, I am at the East Bank Club. I have, we have to go in because of the 60-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> And I'm like, you know what, guys, this isn't good. You know, I'm with Idris, and we're discussing uh, this year, man, stuff, because somebody might want to pick it up. This is fun. I'm, never mind. It's another thing. I'm getting, like, the best news of my freaking life. And uh, I walk out, and I'm like, oh, my God. 
and my front tire of my of my bike is is blown out, and I'm like, what the hell? So, anyways, I start taking my bike and I'm walking it along the Chicago River, and I'm like, this is not good. And I get to Aaron Montgomery Ward Park. It's a, a brand new park, absolutely gorgeous, one of the best views of the city of Chicago. The best is King Kong Park on the South Side, 19th and Wells. But this one, and uh, it's, it's basically Ontario and the river. Oh my God, coach, it's a gorgeous view. Well, you know what I see? I don't see the gorgeous view. I see one of our kayaks, kayaks in the middle of the park. I'm like, oh, no. I get there quick, and when I get there, everybody is safe. The people that have been pulled out are leaving, and they're smiling, and uh, most of them are smiling. Most. Some people are extremely traumatized. I'm not, okay, but I'm, I'm like, legitimately coached. The people that were aware and cognizant that they were like, your guys were amazing. Okay, this is what I'm getting greeted to. I'm like, what the hell happened? I don't know what happened. I get up to the I, – I, there's another incident with the other kayak company. I don't even know if I want to get into it, but the guy who owns the other kayak company is ridiculous, and he's an idiot is all I have to say about that. Okay, he is, he is coach. The guy's a freaking idiot. And, uh, uh, and by the way, David Olson, you know what his name is? Dave Olson. Okay, so hopefully no relation. Okay, and uh, – but when I get there, I end up finding out uh, Charlie Portis, the owner of the company, who has trained me and we have trained our crew. It's ridiculous. We go to East Bank Club. We teach people. Everybody has to do numerous ways on how to get people back into their kayak, how to talk to people, how to everything. You name it, we are trained in everything, Coach. I make these kids, and they're all college football players because that's who I want around me. Sorry, if you're, I guess I'm one of those people that I guess if you can come after me for only selecting a certain amount of people, but they're individual contractors, so I guess you're screwed. You can't sue me. But I have college football players all around me, Coach, and these kids, they train, and we make sure that we are up-to-date. We are first-class in every situation and getting people out of the water. I get there, and all I, all I hear from all these people that are pulled out were like, you guys are amazing. So I wasn't there, Coach. The one guy in the whole entire company that you need there in 60-mile-an-hour winds with 30 cap-sized boats. And by the way, of the 62 people that were in the water, only 24 were from our company, okay? The other company's people were in the water. It was our guys pulling their people out of the water, okay? So when you talk about we only have enough people for our company, yet we have uh, a size that's 150% bigger unit and we add that to our, you know what I'm saying? Our, our guys were so unbelievable getting these people out. By the way, the fire department shows up. They're ripping people out of the water. There's a guy by the name of Dave who is not even brought up in this whole thing. They made it sound like only the fire department and the Marine Rescue Unit were getting people out. And they were, Coach. But so were our guys. They didn't mention that whatsoever in there. Our, and a guy by the name of David who got more out than the Marine Rescue Unit and the Fire Department combined, mm -hmm. maybe two times as many as them. Now, when he you say, out. let me ask you, when you say out of the water, were these the, the, the kayaks that literally tipped? Were the people literally in the water, or were they? Okay, it, let me, okay so, this is, so when I get here, I'm getting all this information. What had happened was, uh, with about, Charlie Portis is leading his tour out. He's got two guides with him. Dylan, who's going to be the next great storyteller here at Water Riders, and a young lady by the name of Zoe, okay? And there's the group's coming back, and they're coming back because Donnie's like, you got to get back, Charlie, get back immediately. So he's coming back, and we still, when he's coming back, we're like, you know what? We should still have an extra half hour 
Because that's what that's that's what they were told. You understand what I'm saying, Coach? Mm-hmm. They knew to get back right when they found out. We came back. So what else are we supposed to do? Was they're not uh, okay? Just put it that way. Okay, we came back right when we were told to come back. We didn't wait. Okay, and we were supposed to have extra time anyway. So we're 500 yards away from our dock, and all of a sudden, a black cloud, and I mean ominous black rolls over downtown Chicago. It goes, I mean, it comes right over Goose Island. 50-mile-an-hour wind in the face of the kayakers. It went from nothing to 60-mile-an-hour wind. People are paddling as hard as they can, and they're going 10 to 15 miles an hour in the wrong direction, okay? They're getting, and then just getting ripped out of their kayaks, flipped out, okay? Because wow. This is like a once in every 25-year storm that hits the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and supposedly, you know, 2012, we're supposed to get more of these storms and all this. People were like, it was biblical. Well, check this out. On our tour, we had eight children under the age of 10. Oof. Yikes. Coach, we, we got them all out. And did you want to hear something even more disgusting? There was a guy and a wife who got onto the Sea-Doo that David of Vantage uh, Electric Motorboat Rental, which is right next to us, he got on the Sea-Doo and started pulling people out before they got their son on it. Well, their son just grabbed onto a rope that was on the back of the Sea-Doo and hung on. David doesn't know that there's a six-year-old kid getting dressed. He isn't in our company, it's somebody else. But this kid was so strong, so tough. He was like, his parents got on before he did. How unbelievable is that? That was the only act of cowardice I heard in the whole day was from a, a, a couple, two couples. I have no idea. A couple. We have no idea. You know, some, sometimes they got on the seat and left their kid. And everybody in a life jacket, mind you. And the kid technically, truly was not in a life-threatening situation. But a traumatizing situation for a six-year-old? Oh, my goodness. How it's got to be crazy for well, them. Maybe the parents say, you know, they always say, like in an airplane, put the breathing mechanism on yourself first and then take care of the kids. So maybe the parents were trying to get to safety and then immediately rescue their son. I'm going to give them that. Okay, well, if you're a man, you get your wife up onto the sea and yeah. then you take your child and you hand your child to your wife. That's how I do it. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. I, well, I like you, that you, idea. Okay, Lily, get up there. Here's our kid. Go. Again, okay, in, in you know. panic situations, sometimes we do not logically think. So, I, I mean, you're right, but I'll give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. So I'm still not sure, though, if we fully got the question answered. Did the, the kayaks all get blown over? Most of these no, no, people were actually not in. Not all of them. Not, not all of them. Uh, so how many of the 62, how many of the 62 people that were mentioned uh, actually were rescued from the water. All of them. All of them. Yes. Not, uh, not all the kind that were more, Okay. Uh, we're talking about the people that are in the water, okay? I would have to say 85% of the people in their kayaks flipped over, which would totally be like 62. Wow. 24 of them were ours. All right. Okay. So there were we that many all, people we that know, actually... Everything is documented and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, uh, we call that... Uh, Donnie right. has the actual numbers. So I, let me not go over the air and say this in case somebody comes back with a lawsuit against us. So everybody exactly everybody had life vests on. By the way, we did have an email come in from Louis, the lawyer, who's considering representing you at a discounted price. I don't know what Louis, the lawyer, normally chooses, but, but he why wants. Why would we need a lawyer? Huh? Why would we need a lawyer? I don't know. 
why would you say just... something? Why would Louis the lawyer is a scumbag who's just trying to drum up some controversy? <laughs> he it's said like, this got a price. No we need a lawyer. We pulled sixty-two people out uninjured. <laughs> He's willing to give you a break, Big Dog. He's trying to be a nice guy. Yeah, what well, Louis, what Louis wanted to know is what procedures do you have for checking the weather? Is it simply on an iPhone oh, with someone? Or? No, no, no. We have we have a weather.com. Okay. And we have a direct link and association with the the weather reporting service here at the state of Illinois. There it is. Okay. And and we are on like the emergency hotline they know the zip code they know exactly where we're at mm-hmm. and we are supposed to be alerted when high weather uh, is coming okay. we are we were we came back and we're getting citations for it five and making our company look like we're negligent that was a once in a 25 year storm people mm-hmm. okay and it's not like oh yeah do you think we want to be out in 60 mile an hour winds you know what i'm saying do you realize how traumatized my crew was? I mean, afterwards, from what I understand, they were unbelievable during it. But they were shell-shocked afterwards. They were like, Joel, we were like, we were pulling people out of the water, like one after the other. And these people were panicked. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was like, you could be calm, but if you're dealing with dozens of panicked people, you know, that, that are novice kayakers and are now in the Chicago River, and they're in the they're in the part that is not as clean as like the main stem. Mm-hmm. So you know that we have never had anybody go in where they went in. That's another thing. So it's like there's a lot of brand new stuff, Coach. And I'm just so proud of my guys. So you can everybody can look like we were negligent. Well, we came back immediately, immediately when the weather service told Don't us. Don't believe okay. everything you read in the paper because the early media reports definitely. Of course, they got your company name wrong. That might be, actually yeah, exactly. be a benefit. There you go, but... people. What you need, big dog. What you need. Other information wrong too. So that little slight thing. They didn't. They said, "Oh, the fire department and the and the marine rescue unit pulled all the bodies out. Bodies, excuse Mm -hmm. me, people out. When they didn't even pull out as many as the guy David on the sea do. Okay. Hopefully, it would it would be cool if one of the advantage. Okay. If one of the uh, people that were out there. Getting rescued would write into the newspaper or call oh, in, and not a retraction, but you know, state their case and talk about what a great job your people did at risk and rescuing them. Uh, that would certainly go a long way in helping the the uh, somewhat wounded egos of waterriders.com. Not no, egos, no, I, but I, reputation. I'm not no, no, I'm not, Coach. You know what? Other people can worry about that stuff. All I know is this: we know we did the right thing. We can stand proud. I could care less about other people's opinions. So many people worry about that, and they end up changing who they are and what they do. I ended up having a deal with uh, the owner of the other company yesterday, who's just a complete jerk-off, okay? (laughs) And, I mean, he he talks to everybody with disrespect. He didn't even thank any of our our employees. As a matter (laughs) of fact, was, like, belittling them Uh until I showed up. And then when I showed up, trust me, he quit belittling people. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my crew really thanked me. Not really thanked, but they were like... uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy is a total. Uh, very, in the table. very good. If you're just tuning us, folks, to recap, to recap the story, David Olson. Now, now I'm going to get real, Joel, real mad. To recap the story, folks, a, a near controversy was averted as the Water Riders crew had to rescue many people while their leader, Joel Radwanski, was kowtowing and probably having a couple cocktails with uh, some of the beautiful people at the East Bank Club. That's the real story. No, I wasn't having any cocktails, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. 
You have no idea how guilty I felt, Coach. I mean, honestly, I wasn't. I, I should. I. I get. I deserve time off like everybody else. Yeah. This is Charlie's tour, and I always come in early. I always come in early. But you know, I'm hanging out with Idris at the East Bank Club, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go in early today, but not as early as I normally do. And next thing I know, there's. Wait a minute. How did uh, How did Idris get into the East Bank Club? Uh, he was as my guest. Oh, oh so you. What a big shooter! Because you know, originally you were like a guest. The East Bank Club folks, one of the the hot shot uh, fitness slash spa Club. slash Club. clubs in the fine city of Chicago. Uh, so now you are not only a guest, but now you have reached the point where you've acquired some guest passes. Very nice. But I, I know I'm a member, coach. I'm not a guest. You are. They actually yeah. let you in. Yeah, no. You know, listen. I already know when we ever talk politics that you don't listen. So do you have to like continue right. to do that here? All right. I, I, I know somebody bought the membership for you, right? Yeah. Okay. But there's what's wrong with that? I'm a member now. Yeah, so now I'm only a guest because someone well, purchased me a membership. I will bring out the old Groucho Marx line. I would refuse to join the East Bank Club. Any any club that would have you as a member, I refuse to be part of. Yeah, and that, that's fine with me because uh, I, I actually uh, I get it done in there, Coach. That's, that's like my sanctuary. I'm so glad I have that. Yeah, the, but, uh, what but, worries uh, me is what you're actually getting done. But I'm assuming you're talking about weight training. I don't do too much of that anymore. Oh well, then the now I am worried about what you're talking about when you say get it done. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I really <laughs> don't lift weights anymore in there. It's uh, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. I'm too old to lift weights now. It's just more like I, I punch the bag, I play basketball, mm-hmm. I kick stuff. You know, I jump on top of things. <laughs> I do push-ups. I climb ropes. I, you know what I mean? It's like every. It sounds exactly like what David's three and five-year-olds do at home. No, I don't know. That's basically that's what I do. It's like a whole jungle gym. Uh-huh. I have like this whole obstacle course that I go through <laughs> the building, and it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. I don't I don't lift weights too often. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I make it a point. I lift with my legs once a week. Okay. And then I'll do like uh, I'll do my chest twice a month and uh, my back. Twice a month, and that's it, Coach. Right. I don't lift any other way. Louis, the lawyer, wants to know: Do you wax? Uh, you know what? I got to be honest with you. The other day, uh, I, I don't want to talk bad about the East Bank Club because I think this happens at every single uh, at every single club. But the other day, I think a guy was hitting on me, like straight up hitting on me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to explain, and, I, was, and, I, and I don't want to say the guy. Yeah. Maybe he's just a real friendly guy, but it was it was extremely strange, coach. Yeah, it's, okay. I can play it. it's an equal opportunity club. I can live with that. All right. Yeah, I, well, we'll talk more about that uh, controversy if, in fact, it develops. But uh, Big Dog, I am proud of you and the crew that you trained. Did a heck of a job. Bottom line is, storm came in suddenly. You got kayaks and kids on the river, and nobody injured, and no, fortunately, fortunately, most fortunately, nobody you know not found, and everybody rescued. So. Uh, Kudos to you and the company, and um, let's hope that is a once in twenty five years storm. I'm not sure. It's yeah, one. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Yep. So, and and it was crazy considering it hadn't rained and it'd been beautiful for what? How long? You know what I mean? Like, like, what was the last time it rained in the city of Chicago? Oh, I guess it did the night before. It did the night before a little bit. Like it was like another like fifteen minutes. Not where we are. Not where we are. We're, we're caught where I live is we're, we're caught like in the uh, the desert abyss. We haven't had rain like in three weeks. Okay, well, there you go. So like we had like a sprinkling on Saturday, just like a sprinkling for like fifteen minutes, and then when and then what happened yesterday, which was 
15 minutes of an absolute deluge. Like, it was unreal. It was like central Illinois rain coming down, from what I understand. Our neighbors, so. it's got so bad in our area, Big Dog, our neighbors had a giant keg party. I think it was Friday night. We actually got on the loudspeaker and invited anybody that needed to uh, uh, cleanse the soul and get a little urination situation done that they could come into our backyard, and we, we gave them a few key spots that they could do it at. Just... <laughs> Desperate. I don't know if that helps, Coach. Well, we tried. Desperate measures for desperate times. All right, let's get to a little bit of action. Uh, a lot of bit of action in the world of sport. Busy, busy sports weekend, big dog. Had Olympic qualifying going on. Wimbledon tennis, by the way, David Olson. Maria Sharapova, the number one seed in the female side, knocked out in the round of 16. The upsets continue in Wimbledon. We got to talk some baseball, Big Dog, your favorite team back in the upswing. But first, I got to lead off with Euro soccer. I know the fans are not everybody into soccer. Well, the good news for you, it's over. The Euro soccer tournament is uh, completed. Uh, I guess the bad news is we'll be talking Olympic soccer in about 24 days. But uh, I watched Spain, Big Dog, defeat Italy. 4 nothing was the final score. A little misleading because they scored a couple late. And we've talked about Spain before, but the way they played yesterday, was not just pitter-patter, little possession soccer. They had brilliant possession, but they attacked as well. It was as fine a game as I've ever seen a team play. And people are talking about Spain being maybe the greatest soccer team ever. They are your Euro Cup 2012 champions. You know what, whenever the discussion comes out, and then they absolutely dominate a team in a, in a final game, then everybody wants to annoy them. You know, it's like, because like before the game, that's what people were talking about. Is this the greatest team ever? And then they beat a decent Italy team for nothing. Everybody's like, yeah, they are. They're the greatest team of all time. You know, if they back it up with an Olympic gold medal, you got to figure that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's really going to bolster their, the, the opinion of them. And you got to figure they really got to be the favorite because they will talk about having like a good time to be playing the Olympics because most of the time, I mean, I can just, the way they play, the European champion or the European teams have to have an advantage because like, the South American teams and the Asian teams, they're not playing their continental tournaments right now, are they? No. Nope. Or if they are, it's kind of funny how all we know about is the European League. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are, and you're right. That well, You could go both ways on that. One could say they're a little bit tired, and it will be hard to peak back up again, but it is I the would, Olympics. I never, but... I, and I won't be one of those ones because I'm gonna, I would rather – uh, have played with somebody recently and played and played and played and have the adrenaline of actually playing in the Olympics uh, to spur me on rather than sitting on my ass for a whole year. Something like 500 minutes. Now, a soccer game is 90 minutes. I'm not good at math, but that's close to uh, six consecutive Euro soccer games against the best of the best, Big Dog. Zero goals, unscored upon. I think they maybe they gave up a goal in their first game and gave up zero after. Everybody talks about Spain's great offense and their unbelievable passing and possession game, but defensively, zero goals the last 500 minutes of Euro 2012. Pretty impressive. You know, there's there's one of those things that, like, you know, uh, the best defense is a great offense, one of those. Uh, that saying, whatever the saying is. Well, if you have uh, the offensive possession, like 66% of the time you have, if you have the ball twice as much as the other team on offense, Good you're, you're going to have a great defense. Good point, but I'll, I'll counter that and credit the defense. Like everybody talks about the patience of the Spain offense, and sometimes it's aggravated. Not yesterday. Yesterday was fun to watch, but uh, sometimes they're too patient. But if you watch them on defense, Big Dong, 
when the other team gets the ball, the defense is not patient. They want the ball back. So they're real deliberate, real patient on offense, but when the other team's got the ball, they're, they're, they're restless and they're relentless. And when I talk defense, I'm talking even their forwards, forechecking, if you will, the hockey term. But uh-huh. they, they, they're not patient defensively. They're, hey, we want the ball back and they go and get it. So counterpoint to your possession uh, argument. Gotcha. Okay. All right. But at any rate, congrats to uh, Spain. It was a great Euro 2012. I know you didn't get to watch as much as you like to, Big Dub, but you are, uh, despite being a longtime collegiate football player, you're a fan of the game of football, right? Oh, of course I am, Coach. I, 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 and I have to be. I went to McMurray College. This is one of the greatest uh, college soccer programs in the country for its level. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always had an affinity for the game of soccer, Coach. Okay. Especially the Euro game. Because I just like the the crowds. And those games go by pretty quick. There's no stoppages. Yep. And if you've ever gone into a bar of, like, a native country that's on and watched one of those games, you would uh, also enjoy it, is all I'm saying, people. That is phenomenal. If you went into some Spanish bar <laughs> yesterday, you would have had a blast. You would have had a great time at the Italian bar for the pregame and all the way up until, you know, uh, early into the second half. But after that, you know, then it would have been any fun. <laughs> you are correct. The passion that we see from the soccer fan, I don't think, I mean, we obviously see it here in the States with our sports. We're very passionate, but I don't think just watching them, it digs, it doesn't run as deep as it does for the passion that they have for their uh, national soccer teams. Uh, of course not. All right. Uh, also, speaking of uh, international sports, the Olympic Games are right around the corner, Big Dog. I believe it's 24 days and counting. Olympic qualifying is just about over. Gymnastics, track and field. The swimming, I think, has one final day. By the way, speaking of swimming, Michael Phelps, who was debating whether to do this Olympics or not. Remember that? Yeah. Well, he is now in in five individual events. I think he won three or four of them. And he's got a chance of being picked on three relay. He could go for eight gold medals again. So Michael Phelps is back on top, and he'll be one of the big stories once again in the Olympics. What is, okay, I don't know if he's going to get eight. That's what he went like six and then eight, right? He had six and two bronze, and then what eight silver, I mean gold medals, right? Is that how it went the last two Olympics? I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure he's what is because Spitz had Mark Spitz had seven, right? Yes, Spitz had seven in one Olympics yes. in 1972. So Phelps, I believe, David Olson is checking it, but I thought Michael Phelps beat I'm pretty, it. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Phelps was, has 14 and two. 14 golds, two bronze. And he's like two behind a Russian gymnast who has 16 gold medals mm-hmm. for the most all-time. So technically he has three, he really gets get three and you have the most gold medals of any human being ever mm-hmm. in the history of the world. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We got another great Olympic swimmer by the name of Ryan Lochte. Lochte? Lochte? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to be a counterpart to uh, Michael Phelps. So that'll be an interesting battle. The two of them, good friends, but they'll be battling with each other. And on the female side, big dog, a 17 year old sensation. Hate to put this on her, but the Michael Phelps of the female side, Missy Franklin, has been phenomenal in the swimming count. 17 years old, my friend. 17. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what? I, I don't know, swimming is weird, Coach. You, you'll have people that are 17 and then 39 in the same yep. competition. It's a, it's a strange sport where uh, some people can do it and are great at it at totally different ages. Where, like, when you see sprinters, everybody there, unless, like, typically is between 23 and 27. 
you know, and like that's just that's just how it is. You know, like long distance, the people who win long distance are always like 34 years old. I have no idea why, but they're always older. And for swimming, it makes no difference your age. All right, David Olson, did we get confirmation? Eight, the magic number? Eight is the magic number. Okay. And he did with the eighth. He broke Spitz's yeah. record. What's even more impressive than that is uh, seven out of the eight gold medals he set world records to. Wow. Wow. And then the the eighth was an Olympic record. And then he's debating whether I don't think he trained that hard for this upcoming Olympic. He was debating, and he decided, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. So, and I think he'll be the first to admit it. But and so he trained, but. You know, probably expecting to make it maybe in one or two more events. You know, I'll give it a shot one more time. And here the guy is, back winning, I think, three or four of the events and qualifying in five of them against some of the top swimmers in the country. Just amazing. Well, and it's amazing that, you know, he could do it with not training as hard as everybody else. Yes. But the thing is, if you look at the way he's built, he's built like a freak. Yep. Okay? He's got the perfect swimmer's body. Yep. He's really narrow up top. The He's wingspan. Big wingspan, huge hands, big feet. Yep. And he's like narrow. He's like V-shaped. He's perfectly yep. built for swimming, and that's why he cuts through the water like before, that. Before uh, Big Dog met Lily the Lilac, that was the kind of female you used to look for, right? Good, oh, yeah, good wingspan, big hands, thin body. Yeah, knuckles that draw down the ground, you know, that kind of type of stuff, <laughs> yeah. No, genetically, he's built to be a swimmer. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, a nose like a rudder. <laughs> oh goodness all right we got track and field is uh going to be fun to watch there's some amazing athletes just watching the one criticism i would give of the tv coverage they've done a great job of showing the the kids who qualify the top two top three usually in the in the very i'm talking track and field now mostly um and that's kind of cool but they really the cameras i don't know if it's been intentional or unintentional but they have not shown at all some of the competitors who came so close, and, you know, winning gold is cool, but just to be in the Olympics, to be part of it, is a dream of so many of these athletes, and that's what the qualifying is all about. And, you, and rarely do you, they show them on TV, but, Big Dog, you talk about dreams being achieved and dreams being broken. It's right there for you in the qualifying competition. Yeah, that's uh, not good, Coach. Uh, when you, well, look, I, I can't even imagine the train so hard. Yep. And, you know, winning an Olympic gold medal is the epitome of the dream. But I, I swear to you, the next one is just competing in the Olympics. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, the, just to be able to compete in the Olympics, to go through that experience and knows, knows what, and to be able to feel like it's what it's like to be an Olympian, yep. I can't, to have that pulled away from you, that's got to be devastating. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, female gymnasts were under that pressure. I've got that on tape. I still got to watch that, but they picked the... Top five yesterday, so that team has been chosen. By the way, Be- you remember Bella Caroli, right? How can I forget him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Bella is. I don't think he's part of the team anymore, but Bella Carola's wife is the one who selects the team. And interestingly, in gymnastics, the top point getter is automatically in Big Dog. Yeah. But then the coaching staff can select the rest. Kind of interesting. And Bella Caroli's wife is the coordinator of the coaching staff. So she's the one that makes the final calls under which of the young ladies make the team and which don't. Anything controversial, Coach? Uh, no. It's just, it's just I find it odd that in swimming and track and field, it's, you know, based on your scores. But in gymnastics, I mean, they scored everybody and everything, but there apparently is some coaching leeway, some judgment that can be given to the coaches where that's not the case in track and swimming. I found that 
somewhat fascinating, but maybe not all that amusing. Well, somebody's probably going to be upset about when I say this, but it's it's probably because of uh, there's a lot of prima donnas in, in gymnastics, so you have to have some leeway into making sure that uh, you, you get somebody that's paid off mm-hmm. into the into the top five. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will uh, set the stage, and I, I, NBC is just beginning, Big Dog, but the publicity campaign to shine the lights on some of our United States athletes for the Olympic Games. Obviously, they want to get good viewing uh, ratings, big, 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 big bucks involved there. But uh, we've seen a little bit of it. I would think in the next 20 days it'll be a barrage. Yeah, you know, like you know, I make fun of ESPN for it because they go overboard with it. You know what I mean? But, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to do it. NBC spends billions of dollars, and it's like this is like their feather in their cap. And don't forget, Coach, it's only once every four years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's not bad to put a spotlight on these guys once every four years because they're going to go away. Yeah. We won't hear about them again for four years if they can qualify again. You know. So by the way, you've you've often mentioned of uh, not marrying but having a child with what's the word? Not cohabitating, but uh, procreating. Procreating with a female athlete to uh, get your athletic genes and create a tremendous athlete. There is a female blonde shot putter, big dog. Oh, yeah. And believe me, the procreation uh, situation would not be an unpleasant experience. But uh, if you can catch the replay of our number one shot putter, a rather stout, lovely female, I think uh, she's got a great chance that a gold medal would be prime big dog procreation material. You know, because she's got to be she's got to be the short burst uh, power also with the shot. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of that in me, too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That might be a good thing, Coach. Yeah. No, no. This this lady, very strong on the fast twitch muscle fiber. Uh, this, uh, please, I, introduce me to her. Uh, <laughs> Lily like and I would love to meet her. <laughs> Bring a third party into the relationship, huh? All right, moving right <laughs> along because we got to finish it up with baseball. But uh, the Tour de France hath begun yesterday, Big Dog. The 99th annual. David Olson, mark it down for next year. It'll be the 100th anniversary of the Tour de France. We'll have to have some kind of party. Um, you can start planning that, David, right after the Joe Radwanski 40th birthday surprise party that you're planning. But uh, stage one was run yesterday, Big Dog. I don't know if it's too early to tell, but Slovakia's Peter Sangari is in the lead, but the Tour de France is off and running, my friend. That's excellent. And uh, so so who's going to lose their, their title in five to seven years? <laughs> right now the leading candidate to be found drug-enhanced is Slovakia's very own Peter Sangario. Although, isn't the tour, is my memory correct, Big Dog? Isn't the Tour de France very similar to a major golf tournament? Whoever leads in the beginning typically is like a distant memory by the end. Oh, absolutely, Coach. Whoever leads the first, uh, yeah. Lance Armstrong would never start leading until, yeah. like, stage 12, and then he would lead the rest of the way. Yep. And then, you know, by, like, stage 19, they're like, we have no chance to actually catch him. Yep. Well, the nice thing is one stage down, 19. Eighteen more to go, Big Dog. We have 20 days. Actually, 23 days. There is three days of rest, but uh, 23 days. Who was the, the the biker we were trying to think of? I think I got his first name now. Wasn't it Floyd? Yeah, Floyd Landis. Yeah, there it is. Uh-huh. Floyd Landis. That's the goober-looking guy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Floyd Landis drank too much Jack Daniels the night before his drug test, <laughs> and it elevated his testosterone. Uh, that can happen Jack to anybody. Jack Daniels paid him $50,000 to stay, I think. Yep. That can happen to anybody. Trust me, you ride that bike with that very thin seat that they got, that 
that could elevate anybody's, any guy's testosterone level over an extended period of time. I, you know, it's funny you say that because it's Elevate it right up to your esophagus just about. It's supposed to decrease your level, believe it or not. Yeah. Too much, uh, too much bike riding is not good for a man's, uh, sexual, no. uh, prowess. No. No. I would not think so. All right. 888-463-6748 is our phone number. If you're just joining us, we got Big Dog caught in the middle of kayak controversy. <laughs> We've got the Tour de France, Euro soccer, got to talk some baseball. Big Dog, how about your beloved Chicago Cubs? Uh, triple it up. Cubs win, Cubs win, Cubs win. A rare sweep. Let us not forget they beat the Mets two out of three, so five out of six all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the uh, Chicago Cubs playing some decent baseball, but got to make you happy a little bit. Yeah, it definitely makes me happy, and I'm not starting to think we're going to start contending for one of the wild card spots or not. <laughs> and when people are like, why didn't we bring up Rizzo sooner? We brought him up right at the right time. Let's hope that the Cubs can continue to play some good baseball and really have a, a really good second half. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe in the second half play 500 ball. Is it possible? Is it possible that they do it? It would be if they got some relief pitching coach. And uh, I'm not kidding because it's not like their division is that difficult, mm-hmm. so. Or I might be asking for too much, asking for a 500 second half, but please, 63 wins, guys. I do not want this team to lose 100 games. Mm-hmm. Travis Wood, uh, very, very solid. Again, maybe, just maybe the Cubs have found a uh, another solid starting pitcher. He was good, and then Carlos Marmol, you know, we criticize him a lot, and I'm right at the front of the line, big dog, but he did save all three games of the sweep over the Astros. That's pretty impressive, Coach. I know yep. it's only the Astros, but still... The guy lost his spot. If you're a closer of a, a team in Chicago or Boston or New York, it's hard to do it every day if you're not Mariano Rivera. So, mm-hmm. Rivera. Uh, so, uh, you know, Car- Mar- Marmol will end up being a closer the rest of the year. And if he's the closer next season, maybe there's going to be an issue with the Chicago Cubs. But mm-hmm. I, I am not going to sit here and bash on Carlos Marmol the rest of the year. They have many other issues to worry about with this mm-hmm. team. Anthony Rizzo. It is, fun, um, it is fun to make fun of his lack of control, though. That I will do. I'll make fun of him. Well, you know, you can make fun of it and make humor of it, but when you're a Cub fan and you got a lead late in the game, say a two-run lead or one-run lead, and he walks the first batter, walks the first couple batters, the to me there, there's no humor involved there. I get disgusted. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But uh, Anthony Rizzo, real quick, I'll talk about Anthony Rizzo. Want to get to the All-Star game, too. Baseball fans, you want to check in. Coach of the Big Dog, talk a little baseball here. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Just real quick on Rizzo, he's not tearing it up. He's batting about 260, 270. But one thing he's doing, Big Dog, is he's getting hits in clutch situations, something the Cubs have sorely needed for a long time. Yeah, you know what? If, if you're there's a runner on the pond, a duck has a pot, a runner on base, you know, shorten it up. Go back up the middle. Get a base hit. The runs are crucial in winning baseball games. So uh, that's, that's good to hear that he's been clutch so far, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, have you seen the All-Star uh, rosters yet? Oh, the rosters are out. I have not seen them. All right. So the reactionary sports talk radio here, the Chicago White Sox have Paul Canerco. Obviously, you remember though he's been horrible the last three yep. weeks, but that yes, he deserves it. Chris Sale absolutely deserves it. Yes, he does. And congratulations to him, young kid, couple years out of college, first time All Star, always a special experience. How about Adam Dunn, batting two ten? No, I know. Well, you know what? He is like third or fourth in the uh, in the American League in RBI. Oh, That's yeah. what he's there for. Home so, run, home run, RBI totals very, very elevated. Yeah. So. 
you know what, if you're driving in runs, that's all that really matters. If he's, he was fourth in RBIs like a week ago. I don't know where he is right now. So, But still, yeah. I, I guess I'll have to go with a nod, Coach. But it, it's still a guy hitting 210 on the All-Star team. Wow. Yep. I wonder. That could be the lowest batting average ever selected to an all-star team. Now, we should mention, too, and I get on Adam Dunn. I mean, the strikeouts are horrific, and he'll be the first to admit that. But the other part of the equation, Big Dog, is the, is the guy's walked 60 times. So he does for a slugger. He's got a good eye, and he gets on base. Yeah, his OPS is is, is good. His on-base plus his slugging percentage mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Not phenomenal. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he gets on base, Coach. He doesn't swing it. He doesn't get himself out. All right, now here comes the shocker, and Big Dog, do you have a life vest anywhere near you? Because you might need it when I tell you this one. Another White Sox player made it? No. No, no, I'm going to I'm going to your beloved cup. Starling Castro made it, but believe it or not, and again, hopefully you've got, you know, a defibrillator or something nearby in case you have the big one here, but there's a second player, second Cub player who was selected to the team. You're kidding me. <laughs> Any guesses? Um, I, I mean, it's, it's got to be a legitimate guess. Okay. So, Ryan Dempster. That, that's one of the guesses. That's not the guy. I, I, w- I wouldn't have been shocked if it was him. He actually deserves it despite his record. Alfonso Soriano. Did not make it. If it was, right, good, 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 if it good. was Soriano, I, w- I would not have mentioned that to you over the phone because I, I would make sure medical personnel was around you at the time. <laughs> Because you you said shock, so Sean Camp. No, although I love that guy. He, Sean Camp is like the girl, you know, in, in the back of the room in your math class, where all year long you've been looking in the front of the room at the blonde, you know, the sophomore blonde-haired girl sitting in the uh, second seat far right. But all of a sudden, about two and a half months, three months, right before finals, when the class is about to end, you start noticing the girl on your back left shoulder, big dog. A little uh-huh. quiet, but kind of cute. And one, you you kind of wish you didn't, uh, you know, check into the statistics a little bit earlier. That's Sean Camp. That guy is he's solid, very very quietly, but effective. But it was not Sean Camp. Okay, so uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking it, it's got to be somebody that's got to be decent enough, but it still shocks you. Is it Matt Garza? Keep going. There's not there's not many potential guys left. You're missing the yeah. one guy. See, it's so shocking. Darwin Barty. No. There can't be anybody else deserving that's, on the Cubs. That's what I would have. That's what I would have said. That's why I'm bringing it up to you and recommending you wear a life vest. First baseman, the rookie, the 29 year old rookie, Brian Lahare makes the All Star game. No. Isn't that, um, that amazing? There was a push for him earlier in the year. Wow. Well, yeah. He's early. Still, if you would have judged the first 30 games, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. At least you can say he was an all-star coach. It is that's cool in the sense that the guy is a career minor leaguer uh-huh. and probably had a lot of opportunities where he could have packed in. He stuck with it. He stuck with it. He got his opportunity and has had some success. I love the whole story. Very, very cool. But to be fair, if you watched the second half of his first half, if you will, 
Uh-huh. Uh, you know, good player. I still like him, but he does not deserve to be an all-star. And, and quite honestly, I like him against right-handed pitching any day of the week. Get him in the lineup, and mm-hmm. he's played a, he played a, a good first base. He's played a decent outfield so far. And it, I have no problem starting him in left field when there's a right-handed pitching a pitcher out there and, yep. and putting Alfonso Soriano on the bench. Yep. Okay, Honestly, I don't. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an all-star, I exactly right, Coach. Shock is the word. Uh, Joey Votto, I'm sure, is the starting first baseman for the National League, right? Yep. And uh, Prince Fielder isn't there anymore. So, like, who are going to be the guys selected? Is like that? Well, that's like the big story. Who are the first basemen besides Lahir that made it, Coach? Uh, just Lahir. Okay. So he is like, the second. They're basically manager Tony Larusa. I think is the one who makes that selection. Is considering Brian Lahir. The next most deserving first baseman in the National League. Well, you know, Freddie Freeman has not been. Well, Jim Tomey, the Phillies, uh, Ike Davis of the of the Mets has hit like a buck ninety, coach. Okay, so like there's a lot of Brandon Belt from the San Francisco Giants. All these young first basemen that were all these high uh, top prospect superstar first round draft picks that aren't doing anything this year. Mm-hmm. And Larusa actually goes with the 29 year old. So. You know that's kind of cool, Arusa. And I've been hard on you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I won't make fun of Tony Arusa for at least a month because of that, coach. Because <laughs> if you think about, I mean, that's that's really what it is. He he basically rewarded a guy that had a real good first half and was a career minor leaguer. Because why mm-hmm. not uh, Freddie Freeman or or Brandon Bell or any of these other guys? I, you, know I, I, mean? I, you know what? I'd have to see their stats, what they've done. Maybe it's an indication. What that about they... Todd Helton? Todd Helton's hitting like you know, like Todd Helton. That's my point. He's still playing. Yeah, that's, he's the first oh baseman. That's I'm trying to God. name first baseman in the National League. Okay. Todd, and is he, I, thought, I thought James Loney at the Dodgers, you know, he's you know, he's not doing anything. The the Padres have um another young rookie like at first base who's really not hit at all. To be honest with you, if Anthony Rizzo had come up from day one, he might be the the backup to Joey Votto at first base. Not a great year for power hitting first baseman Buster oh, Posey. The in the American League, though, it is. Not in the National League. You got Prince Fielder and Paul Konerko. That's a pretty good one-two punch right there. Yeah, it is. And don't forget, uh, there's a, but they made it. Think about the ones that didn't make it. Adrian Gonzalez. He's better than anybody in the National League outside of Votto. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a few other players, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Buster Posey coming back from his dramatic season-ending injury last year, not having a phenomenal year, but 296, 10 homers, 40 RBIs very quietly. I haven't heard much of Buster Posey, but I'm glad to see him uh, back starting in the All-Star game, Big Doug, because that injury was was a bad one. Yeah, that that was absolutely horrible. Uh, and uh, that that is pretty cool that he started in the, the All-Star game. And, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it wasn't career-ending or career-threatening or anything like that. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yep. So, and, and, and by the way, Coach, I, I do have to go. Uh, Channel 2 News is here, so I have uh-oh. to go. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Charlie Borden, right. my guy, is here, so i got to go. All right, big uh, deal. What's we'll, the team, buddy? Uh, okay. maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow. Louis the lawyer might have called, apparently. Yes. No, no, yeah, you can. I'm, I'm standing proud as a Water Riders uh, employee that everything mm-hmm. was done successfully, diligently, and professionally. Right. Hopefully you can still stand tall when they put shackles in your legs. Yes, and I will be able to. Hopefully I, hopefully I don't bend low. Good news and bad news, Big Dog. We're right behind you. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, we'll get the Big Dog back tomorrow. But uh, finishing off that all-star team in the National League, you got guys like Rafael Furcal, Melky Cabrera.
Pablo Sandoval has got one of the best bases in the history of sports. You ever seen his base, David? You talk about got a guy built low to the ground. I mean, he he literally he could be a base, Pablo Sandoval, but he's having a heck of a year. Three oh seven, six homers, twenty five RBIs, and Dan Ugla. U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're Ugla. You're Ugla. You're just Dan Ugla. He's your starting second baseman. We'll go over the American League too a little bit uh, tomorrow with the big dog. But you got that going on in baseball that we talked about. The Cubs, White Sox fans. Uh, the four game series against the Yankees started off really, really well. Uh, unfortunately, they did lose their last two games yesterday, getting beaten four to two. But uh, overall, not bad. At Yankee Stadium, they win two out of four. The bottom line is the White Sox are still hanging on to first place. The Cleveland Indians are fast-charging. But uh, good job by the White Sox overall. And, again, congratulations to their young pitcher, Chris Sale, the skinny kid making the all-star team. And I don't think he's got a chance to start. I mean, he's he's got the top ERA. I suppose there's maybe a 10% chance he could get selected to start. But you would think, and again, they got, what, 11, 12 pitchers. You can't pitch everybody. You would think he'd be one of the guys uh, that would be selected to play. We'll see. Be interesting to watch. All-Star game right around the corner. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Real quick, uh, we got Tiger Woods winning in the world of golf. I think it was the AT&T National, I want to say. It was obviously not a major. He has struggled in the majors, but very quietly now, I believe, in the last seven PGA tournaments. Tiger Elder has won three of those seven. So he is sneaking back. He's starting to uh, sniff some of the dominant success that he has had in the past. Also, if you're a Chicago Bull fan, how about this one? Omar Ashik. Do you see this, David Olson? Omar, Omer, sorry. Omer Ashik, $25 million, three years offer. He's not there yet because the Bulls can match, but an offer from the Houston Rockets. Wow. Unbelievable, isn't it? And, and I love Omer Ashik. I really do. But $25 million. I, I I think he's going to be packing his bags for Houston because I don't see the Bulls matching that yeah. offer. I really don't. Yeah. Now, they want to. I mean, they, they basically said whatever offer's out there, we're going to match. I mean, that's one of the guys. I think him and Taj Gibson are the two guys they want to keep. And I think they're making the right judgment. You lose Rip Hamilton, Kyle Korver, C.J. Watson. Those guys are part of the bench mob. But I think the guys that really give the energy and the uh, the pizzazz, if you will, the zip, are Taj Gibson and Omer Ashik. When they come in, they just add to the energy level. But uh, oof. Now, people are criticizing him, too. You know, three points a game, five rebounds a game for $25 million. Well, how many minutes did he play? Guy was getting five rebounds a game. He only played some games. He only played seven, eight minutes. Other games, maybe up to 15. That's about it. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm willing to bet. And Joakim Noah is one of the best rebounders in the NBA. But I would bet rebounds per minute's played. My guy, Omer. Omer Ashik. Excuse me. God bless you. Um, might be the leader on the Chicago Bulls. So if you project that out, if you let him play 25, 30 minutes a game, he's going to snarf down 15 rebounds for you. And plays great help side defense as well. But still, $25 million, three years, for a guy who really can't score the basketball. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how the Chicago Bulls. Somebody I had heard recently talking about, and I hate to say this, but the comparison is somewhat true, that the Chicago Bulls are rapidly becoming like our Blackhawk team of a couple of years ago 
The only difference being the Blackhawk team actually got to the top and won the Stanley Cup. The Bulls got close but never quite got to that, even the championship game. But all of a sudden now, because of finances, because of free agency, we're losing a lot of our players, uh, because of injury, and all of a sudden, instead of you know this building Chicago Bulls team, rolling pile of moss that was building momentum as we went and maybe destined to be in a championship game and maybe win it all in a couple of years. Well, all of a sudden, you know, with the injuries and with the free agencies, we're in somewhat of a rebuilding mode, very similar to what the Blackhawks have gone through. And if you've watched the Blackhawks the last three years, it's not exactly been a smooth rebuilding process. So that's unfortunate. Unfortunate for our uh, beloved Chicago Bulls. All right, we'll talk more uh, tomorrow. Big Dog and the Coach with you in all week, except, uh, David, we will be off on Wednesday, right? That is correct. We will be taking the holiday off. Yeah. Very odd. It's messing people up. I like the it four- better when it's at the beginning of the week or the end of the week, because then you get that four-day yeah, weekend. Absolutely. Any day, except Wednesday. If it's Tuesday, even if it's Tuesday, all right, you got you got the weekend there, and you extend it. If it's Thursday, beautiful, we can, you know, take it up. But when it's in the midweek Wednesday, a lot of people are wandering around completely confused. And quite frankly, I'm one of those people. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock, back at it. Hopefully the coach and the big dog if he's not being held by authorities.